NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. One of the great things about the offseason is the chance to tell the stories of the men behind the race teams in the NTT IndyCar Series. Today's guest is Team Penske IndyCar Managing Director Ron Rizuski. In addition to overseeing the three-car, three-driver IndyCar team, Rizuski also calls the race strategy for two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Will Power. With Rizuski on the timing stand, Power delivered the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship. It was Team Penske's record 17th IndyCar National Championship and the 42nd overall championship for team owner Roger Penske's famed racing operation. Joey Logano gave Team Penske a record-extending 43rd overall championship when that driver won his second NASCAR Cup Series championship on November 6th. Here is my exclusive interview with Ron Rizuski for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Team Penske IndyCar Director Ron Rizuski. Ron, one of the great things about the offseason is we can reflect back on the season past, but more importantly, look ahead to the next season. And as we're in December now, there's really a lot that you guys have going on at the shop in Mooresville, North Carolina. What are some of the things you're working on now? Well, you're right, Bruce. I mean, the this time of year is, honestly, it's our, most, it's our busiest time of the year. Um, you know, we spend... A portion of the season uh, before the season even concludes, you know, kind of listing things that we um, could be doing better. And then as soon as the season ends, trying to compile those lists and try and, um, you know, kind of deal with the easy ones first and knock them out. Uh, then, you know, try and take on the bigger projects and, you know, things that may, need more in-depth um, analysis. Uh, along with that, you know, uh, trying to get some folks some time off. Uh, it's a busy season. It's really tough to get time off during the year. Uh, so some of the folks try and get their, uh, some vacations in, especially around the holidays. Um, you know, testing is really limited, so we don't get the opportunity to do a lot of it. Um, occasionally there's a manufacturer test or two that we're sometimes involved in. You, uh, regroup with some of your partners on meetings, um, things where we're, there's collaborations, uh, whether that's with a sponsor or with a manufacturer. Um, and then, you know, you also take the time to look at your team internally. And if you need to uh, recruit, if you need to uh, promote, um, some people have changed lives, so they move on. Um, all, that, all those things get dealt with. And, you know, quite quickly, your off-season reverts to really uh, no time at all. 
One of the great things about your location in Mooresville, North Carolina, is you're about 20 miles from the General Motors simulator. How much time do your drivers spend on that? And how important is it to be that close to having an asset such as that? Oh, it's, it's really, uh, it's really huge. We're fortunate in the fact that, um, Chevrolet has their simulator down here. Um, and you know, they're, uh, branching into their new tech center. So there's, there's lots of, uh, of, of, um, resources available to the Chevrolet teams or will be coming online, I should say. Um, the, uh, this is the time where we, you know, get in there and, uh, work on correlation, uh, make sure that, uh, the models are uh, acting appropriately, um, you know, it's also good to keep the drivers uh, sharp. So trying to keep them in. Of course, sometimes it's a struggle. You know, the drivers have their own commitments in the off season, whether it's personal or professional. So you try and work around that a bit. But a lot of the work that the engineers do, um, we can do with um, um, one of the other drivers or or even some of our engineers um, who can uh, run through the motions. Uh, so having that work done, uh, because you really don't have time to do it in season, you have to do it now. How important are CAD and CFD programs to helping the engineering of the car? That's a tool that probably wasn't in existence 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, with the way the rules are anymore, the, the CAD work um, is a lot more limited. Um, when we used to be able to design stuff on a regular basis and develop parts, I mean, it was a constant influence of of, you know, part revisions. Now there's certain areas of the car that we can produce. So, you know, the designers or um, project engineers are, are busy working on that, those items. Uh, CFT, it's an area that certain teams, you know, I guess may, some teams choose to use it as part of their program, others don't. Um, you know, we look at it as as a way to um, identify areas that we, you know, may have questions on. Um, you know, and, and try and also continue to correlate those models uh, to just have a better understanding of what's happening and, you know, try and explain a few, you know, caveats that you see on track um, that you don't necessarily see in the wind tunnel. So, uh, you know, I'd say those things are continue to evolve and, and be part of our programs. When you meet with the engineering department at Team Penske, how microscopic do you get in the detail of reviewing a lot of the engineering from this past season? It's really a case-by-case -case situation. You know, if it's relevant to a, a specific problem that was reoccurring, let's say at every street course, then we're gonna continue to break it down, um, especially if it was uh, a reliability issue or something that cost us performance on track. Um, if it's something that needs to be dealt with from sort of a macro scale, um, how we've, you know, how we're sitting in the office at the trucks or stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's, there's just some basic conversations that happen around it and you address it and you try and, you know, try something new for next year and you move on. Have you been able to pinpoint the, I don't want to say lack of performance because you're competitive at the Indianapolis 500, but the results haven't been Penske-like over the last couple of years. Is that anything to do with the cars, the engineering, or just the way the race plays out? Um, I would say that, you know, the last the last few years specifically, uh, we've had good race cars. Um, I, I think we've had race cars that were competitive and um, ability have the ability to challenge for the win. But 
we had a lot of work to do to get there. Uh, our qualifying cars the last few years have not been as competitive as we would have liked. You know, this year we made some pretty substantial gains over the prior years, but, you know, there's still two teams that had, you know, the majority of the top seven uh, spots. So, you know, we still have work to do in those areas. Qualifying at Indy is so difficult. I mean, last year we saw, you know, weather have a big impact of when you drew, when you went, and it made your day either easy or hard. Um, you know, Fast Friday was almost a throwaway with the high winds, and it, it's such a it's such a challenge. And for sure, the you know our, our Indianapolis program it continues to be on our forefront of our radar. Looking ahead to the 107th Indianapolis 500 in 2023 pretty much going to be the same type of car that you've had the last couple of years. There's a, some people out there that are split. A lot of the team owners and IndyCar owner Roger Penske and Jay Fry don't believe that economically it would be a good idea to create a new car. There's a lot of fans out there that would like to see a new car. Where do you fall on that? Um, you know, th- I guess this is my, my own opinion, not necessarily the opinion of Penske Racing, but I don't know that we need a, a an entirely new car. I think it would be nice to see some upgrades in certain areas uh, because this car has evolved. Um, you know, in its in its initial stages of of release, it was meant to be one thing, and then stuff was added, uh, albeit for good reasons. Uh, you know, anti intrusion panels, um, aero you know aero screens. Uh, universal aero kits, you know, the car has undergone a lot of changes since its original in, in, introduction. So I think it would be nice to see some changes um, to integrate some of those features and potentially be smarter with the car layout, um, maybe reduce the weight, maybe make it easier to work on. Um, but as far as, you know, just having a completely new car, just to say we have a completely new car. I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, I think we should continue to evolve the aesthetics of it and maybe um, over the years give it a facelift in certain areas uh, for both performance and aesthetics uh, to keep it fresh. But, um, you know, I think the days of having a global new car um, aren't really necessary. You're also up to about a 28-car grid for most races in the IndyCar series, which... I mean, that was the full grid back in the glory days of cart. So in a lot of ways, teams are having a successful go of it, increasing the car count. Roger has always said he wouldn't want to slap an extra expenditure on a lot of these teams right when the growth of the entry list is, is pretty high. Do you see that as a, a major reason to factor in for when it comes to a new car? Uh, sure. I mean, you know, keeping the car count up, um, is healthy for the sport, um, more opportunities for drivers, more opportunities for sponsors, greater exposure, better TV package, you know, all, all the, all the appropriate things. But, um, I guess that's also why I'm also of the opinion of, you know, not necessarily needing or necessitating a complete new car all the time, but you can do subtle upgrades that, um, can improve the, the end product, which ultimately is what we're trying to do is create a good, um, you know, a good show for the, for the folks. It's, it is an entertainment business. So trying to create something that's good and we can do that in a cost effective way each year and continue to improve the safety, continue to improve the reliability. And, 
you know, right now the series is, is set where it's, it's really a driver series. I mean, it's, you know, the cars are so competitive and so close, you know, it really showcases the talents of the drivers and, and the teams, you know, who optimizes it to best and, and such. But, um, you know, I think we have a pretty good equation right now. Team Penske is still the premier Chevrolet team, but you're starting to get pushed a little bit by Zach Brown and Errol McLaren SP. When you see what he's been able to do in a short period of time, I mean, are you surprised by that? And how good of is that to have that type of competition amongst the Chevrolet camp? I think anytime you can raise the bar um, with your competition, especially if it's within the same camp, it's going to be good for all. Uh, when we had the aero kit days, you know, the, we were really instrumental in working on on that program, and it elevated all the Chevy teams. Uh, and then you get, you know, better drivers, better feedback. You know, it just, you know, there's a continual elevation of, of all the all the teams. So as we see Aero McLaren as they step up, um, they're obviously a good team. They've they've always been a good team. They've just increased in their depth, I guess you would say, with their driver lineup and and their performance on a weekly basis. So that's great because it, it pushes us. We want to be the best Chevy team, um, so it pushes us. And, you know, their feedback helps Chevy no more develop a better product for us. Uh, so, you know, we welcome the competition. Um, sure, we'd like to win all the races, but, you know, we all do it to compete. And, uh, you know, I think it's a win-win for everybody. I know you're focused on Team Penske, but when you see a driver like Alexander Rossi get a reset by going to Aero McLaren SP, do you expect to maybe see a little more out of him in 2023? Yeah, I, th I think that team's going to be, I would say, of the years I was most concerned about him, it'd be this coming year. Um, I've had the luxury of working with Alex on our sports car program. Um, he's a great guy. I, I, I have a lot of respect for him as a driver. He's very smart. Um and, you know, he's got good race craft. Uh, I think he's going to help elevate their game. Uh, you know, I think his addition with uh, their other two drivers is going to, you know, help their performance, which, you know, I welcome. But I also, uh, it's going to be a thorn in our side all year, I'm sure. Uh, so, um, you know, it'll be good to see how, how he evolves and, you know, I hope the best for him. Back in 2017, Penske really elevated the bar with its race shop. There was no other IndyCar team in the series that had a shop the size and the magnitude of Team Penske in Mooresville, North Carolina. Now you've got Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan building a beautiful shop in Zionsville, Indiana. You've got Errol McLaren SP going to build a Formula One shop, basically, in the Indianapolis area. And Andretti Autosport is breaking ground next week on a new facility that's going to be a massive facility for Andretti Autosport. So I guess in a lot of ways, you have to say business is pretty good in IndyCar these days. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me that all these teams are building these big um, extravagant shops. Um, you know, I hope to see them all someday uh, just to, to see what they've done. I've heard uh, good things about all of them. Uh, I think what we have here is is pretty nice. Um it's large, but we also house multiple racing series. Uh, yep, the tile's beautiful and, and it's laid out and such that we can do everything that we need to. And I know that was Roger's vision, uh, but it's also, it was told to me once before is we don't race race shops, you know, you know, the, our, our, what we sell is at the racetrack. So 
um, you know, that's where we're going to continue to put our focus. And uh, it's a benefit to have a nice race shop and and be able to do everything we can do here. But, you know, our most important thing is what we bring to the track. The one thing that Team Penske has that those other teams that I mentioned don't is a full-fledged NASCAR operation, which is one reason why you're based in Mooresville, North Carolina. To be able to do that requires a lot of space. So when you take that into, into account, how important was it to be able to have a massive facility to have a top-notch IndyCar and a top-notch NASCAR program at the same time? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, especially where NASCAR was, you know, prior to the new car, um, you know, we were a full-fledged manufacturing facility um, with lots of staff, lots of um, of you know capabilities, and you know we still have that capability. But now, you know, NASCAR has evolved and changed, so um, it, it may not those requirements may not be there as much as as they were before. But it also uh, allows us the opportunity to do different things, and you know, as you said we've learned a lot from the NASCAR team and the way they've done things. And, you know, we continue to, you know, to work together with that group and, um, you know, evolve our IndyCar and other programs. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. And now, here is the rest of my interview with Team Penske IndyCar Managing Director, Ron Rizuski. 
Speaking of NASCAR, on November 6th, you knew that with Will Power having already won the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship, that if Joey Logano sealed the deal and won the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series Championship, you'd be the first team in history to win both titles in the same season. How was that celebrated among the team? How big of a Joey Logano fan did you become that day to get another championship for Team Penske, which is the 43rd championship in Team Penske history? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really huge. I mean, actually going into the playoffs, you know, we were, all of us were pretty big Team Penske fans, just trying, you know, Austin and and, and Ryan trying to keep them in the mix. Um you know, trying to give ourselves the most chances that we had going into Phoenix to try and, you know, get this championship, uh, the NASCAR championship. And, you know, when it when it all boiled down to, um, you know, Joey being our, our lone wolf, um, you know, in, in the uh, in the program. I don't know, I just kind of felt really good about it because of his experience. Um, I knew that the team here was going to put everything into it um and yeah at, at the end of the day everybody was a huge uh, a huge joey fan and uh, it was it was really cool um you know really cool to see um really probably special for the organization i'm not sure that it's completely sunken yet um we haven't had a massive blowout party of any sort you know that we we did our happy hour and um you know i'm sure our christmas party will be pre be pretty nice uh but uh, you know, it, it is pretty special to be part of that that whole organization. When you talk about Penske Perfect, he seemed to be Penske Perfect that entire weekend. I don't think he turned a wheel wrong the whole weekend. And was that just the epitome of a Penske Perfect weekend for a driver to do what he did? I think so. I mean, I think you saw him go out and do exactly, you know, he went into that weekend knowing what he had to do. Um, and his teammates supported him um, in doing what they did. I mean, you know, both uh, Ryan, he was fast all weekend. It was a shame he didn't get a win this year. Um, you know, I thought he was, I thought it was going to be Penske perfect where Ryan was going to get a win and Joey was going to seal the deal and, and everything. But, you know, what we did see is everybody show up with their A game, much like we saw uh, Will and Joseph show up at, at Laguna to make sure that one of those guys brought home the championship. So I think the guys here, um, as far as the drivers go, know how to step up their game when it needs to, uh, to, to another level. And the pit crews too. I mean, the pit crews in, in both IndyCar um, and NASCAR, those days, there was no mistakes. Um, you know, they're, they're quick. They did everything they needed to do. Um, we didn't throw it away, and that's probably what I'm most proud of. Speaking of doing exactly what you need to do to win a championship, that's what Will Power did on September the 11th in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. And to see Will mature over the years, you work with him now on the timing stand. You're the relay between him and the engineering staff, as you call the race strategy. To see him mature and take things a little easier in his latter years, how important was that for him to be able to win the championship this year? Well, like anything, I, I think it's it's huge because, you know, I've heard Will say a couple times and I've read it in, in some press where, you know, people are asking him, are, you know, are you still celebrating? And and he's not really celebrating because his celebration came 
in the pursuit of the championship and um, really winning it was just like closure. Um, you know, sure, there was a sense of relief. There's a sense of, of happiness and gratitude and, and all the other things that come along with it. But, um, you know, he, he had uh, a want and a desire and a pursuit to be competitive week in and week out and to do something that he had set out to do. So um, it's like running a marathon, right? You, everybody wants to win, but there's also a realization that you want to finish. And, you know, he checked those boxes and, and you know, he, he did what he needed to do. And, and yeah, I think there's some sense of relief and closure to it at the end of the day. But um, I think we're going to continue to see that kind of drive from him. Two different types of playoff formats, championship formats, I should say. In IndyCar, it's the entire season. Points toward the entire season. The driver with the most points after the last race is the champion. NASCAR is a little different. It's a championship race with a winner-take-all format among the final four drivers. How do you think Will would perform under the other scenario? I don't know. It's it's hard to say unless you're actually there living it, breathing it. Um, you know, I, I, I feel sorry under the other scenario where, you know, guys like Blaney and guys like Truex, you know, who were there week in and week out throughout the season, um, didn't necessarily get a go at, at the final. Um, but, you know, it's that's the rules of the game. And, you, you know, you adapt to the rules and, you, you know, that's what you play by. You know, if 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 I look at the season the 12 car had, you know, if we had to win a race to get into the game, um, you know, we might have made different calls at different times. And, and then you just so you just adapt. I don't know if it's necessarily a, a driver thing, but it just is a mindset. And you you set up for that. Make sure you check that box, then move on. And, you know, if I think about Blaney. In NASCAR, you know, there was numerous times they were in the position to check that box. And, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't happen. So um, it stinks, but that's the way the game is played. Now, for yourself personally, you're in charge of the entire IndyCar effort in your role as IndyCar director at Team Penske. But as the race strategist for Willpower, I believe this is the first time you, your driver that you worked with directly won a series championship and from a personal standpoint how gratifying was that for you um yep you're correct in that um came uh, bridesmaid a lot of times um with castro Neves and others um but uh, never never had uh, i guess that accolade uh so i didn't really think about it to be honest until somebody had asked me and because I, I don't get too caught up in it but it's it's definitely nice to do that uh to have you know, had a car that I've directly worked on or been, you know, imminently part of on race day when, you know, win a championship and prior win the Indy 500, you know, I feel like it's nice to have checked some of those boxes and, and continue to move on. But I would have equally been happy if any of our, any of our others would have, have won it. Uh, it's just kind of gratifying to have done that on the 12. So with 41 career victories at IndyCar record 68 poles, two IndyCar championships, and an Indianapolis 500 victory. I asked Will a couple of weeks ago if he thinks he belongs in the conversation among IndyCar's greatest drivers ever. He says it's not for him to say, but you've been around this sport long enough to have seen some of the greats of the greats. How 
fitting is it? How much does willpower belong in that conversation? Yeah, I mean, the results speak for themselves. Uh, for sure, checking the box this year on the polls um, was almost almost as gratifying as the, you know, checking the box for the championship. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting or, I don't know, weird to say it now, but once he checked that box and got the poll on Saturday and became the all-time poll leader, um, I felt like it was going to be difficult to take the championship away from him. Um, you know, it was the boost that he needed. So, you know, he's proven time and time again that especially for qualifying, he he's amongst the greatest, if not the greatest. And, uh, you know, as I continue to say, that the, the championship in this series has become very much a driver's championship you know it's anybody can win so I think the guys today not just willpower but all the guys you know Scott Dixon and these guys that are putting up numbers every year um, definitely are amongst the best uh, because of how competitive it is at 41 years of age he's still got the fire how long can you see him out there racing Man, that's that's it's really up to him. Uh, you know, everybody's got their own things, personal and professionally, that they want to achieve. You know, I don't think he needs to achieve anything further if, if he doesn't want to. I mean, he's checked a lot of boxes. I really think it just boils down to where, where you know, him and Liz and their family, you know, what they choose. And I think as long as he's competitive and honest with himself, I think he'll continue to do it. We're happy to have him. Um, and uh, yeah. It's really a question for him. The other thing about Will Power is during the offseason, he doesn't really take any time off. He's still hitting the gym as hard as anybody. And he hops into his cart, and he was in Vegas a couple of weekends ago for the big pro karting invitational out there. How important is that to see him stay sharp with karting? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he I know he took some time and went to Australia and saw his, his family. He spent a fair amount of time there, but... He's, uh, you know, in fact, I just saw him walk by a minute ago. Um, you know, he, was, he comes here, goes to the gym, uh, meets with the engineers, goes through things. Uh, the Supernats, that's an incredibly uh, competitive event. Um, I think he ran first or second most of the weekend, uh, you know, amongst the, uh, you know, a very, very competitive field. So that was huge to see. Uh, you know, for me, that's great because it keeps him sharp, um, you know, Karting is 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 really tough, especially you know in th that competitive environment. So, you know anything these guys can do to keep their edge, uh, I think it just makes it easier to get into the uh, next year. And wrapping up here with Ron Rizuski, IndyCar director at Team Penske, Joseph Newgarden. He looked like the day he didn't win the title, he really took it hard. So you know he's going to come back ultra motivated. You got another guy on the team, Scott McLaughlin, that had a heck of a season last year. Tim Sendrick said his plan for year three with him is that he will be in the championship fight all the way to the last race of the year. So what do you see for those two drivers in terms of forecasting 2023? Well, um, I hope it all goes as planned. And, uh, you know, Joseph is a pretty special individual. Um, he's amongst the greatest as well. The guy's in the champion hunt every, every single year. Um, you know, what he won five races this year, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's always there. He's a super driven guy and, and I would expect no less than him being in the, in the hunt right at 
the very end of the year. Um, you know, Scotty, he's he's ahead of schedule as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, this year was a real breakout year for him. He got it. Um, him and that group, they really uh, they really hit hit a home run. And you know, my goal, my hope is that they just continue to um, play off of that and and take it to the next level next year. Um, you know, I think Will's going to be a staple. I think you're going to see more of what you saw this year from Will Power. And, you know, my my real hope is that one, one you know, one of those guys checks the Indy 500 box and and that we, uh, you know, we, we repeat as a champion at the, at the IndyCar Championship. IndyCar Managing Director Ron Rizuski, congratulations on Will Power's 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship. And good luck in the 2023 IndyCar Series season. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, Bruce, and uh, thanks for having me. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, Team Penske IndyCar Managing Director Ron Rizuski, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.